Hello and welcome to Episode 7 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, author, blogger, and speaker, Doris Swift. This podcast is about a community of women who are taking action where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. I hope these inspiring stories inspire you to take action and use your gifts to impact the world for Christ. In this episode, I'm talking with author, speaker, and coach, Danielle Bernock. Danielle didn't always believe God loved her. Losses, traumas, and lies sent her running from God. So what happens when a girl is taught that what the Bible means about dying to self is that our self is not worthy of love, even God's love? So instead of it being explained to her that dying to self means taking up our cross and following Christ in our new born-again self, a lie was planted and she believed herself was worthless and not worthy of God's love. But with our new self comes new life. We are called to be dead to sin and alive in Christ. Danielle had to overcome lies of Christian legalism and through God's love she found freedom. Danielle wants you to know that you matter. You matter to God and you matter to her. Listen in while I have a chat with Danielle Bernock. Welcome to the podcast, Danielle. Good morning, Doris. Thanks for having me. This yeah. is going to be fun. I met Danielle through the Tribe Writers writing community, and I have spent some time with her at conferences, and it's just been a joy to know her. She has a passion that overflows. You can just see it when you're speaking with her. It just comes right through. That's good to hear. <laughs> yes. I'm sure you hear that from a lot of different people and how you've just had this message of love that you want to share with the world. So tell us a little bit about your story, your background, what drove you to the place where you are now, where you are answering that fierce call on your life. My road has been messy. I have heard many stories of people, of, you know, they're called to do this and they just know. We hear these stories and I find that that discourages many people because I think it really is less people who have that, I was born to do X, Y, Z, and they struggle to find things. And I was asked not too long ago by someone else who does a podcast about how, to find, how I found my passion. And one of the first things I put in there was your passion can change. And I love a word that I've gotten from Jeff Goins is the word pivot. I had written an article about it also because we pivot all the time because as we learn something, then we can change and we can learn and we can change. And that's a really big part of my message because I have pivoted. You'd think I would be doing spirals or something. Yeah. <laughs> a lot and there's nothing wrong with that that's yeah. living things change they grow and so pivoting is a part of that so I've done a lot and I've come a long way from where I started so sometimes it takes me a minute to look back to where did I come from oh that was that oh that, no, that was then and it's a long way back yeah <laughs> so I was raised in a very authoritarian household and I'm reading a book actually listening to it but I bought the hard copy also because I want to study it more called Running on Empty, and it's about childhood emotional neglect. And I'd never heard that term before. And when I went into counseling to write my first book, my counselor uncovered things that I now know are childhood emotional neglect. I didn't know that then, and she didn't know the term. And there was a lot of trauma in my growing up, but there was also a lot of that emotional neglect, which that is not anything that was done intentionally. It's something that was left out. And so you don't remember what didn't happen. 
With trauma, you remember what did happen, but with childhood emotional neglect, there's an empty space and you can't remember what wasn't there because you didn't know it was supposed to be. Wow. And that is a, that's a, a part of my story that I'm just learning what it's called, but it's been there all along. And see, that's a part of the pivot of learning more things and suffered trauma in my neighborhood, at the school, at church. And one of my most passionate things you would say of my calling is to minister to people who have been spiritually traumatized. And uh, that stumble for the words for that. That affected my whole life. When the Lord finally was able to reveal to me that one thing that had happened to me and how it had affected my whole life, it was so eye-opening. And I want to get that message to people that you come to Jesus and he will in no wise cast you out. No matter what anyone has told you, no matter what anyone has said, no matter what you have been through, if you've been told that, it's a lie. Planted deep in my soul as a kid at the church and the enemy of our soul planted that deep in my my soul because I was so little, I didn't know better. But I grew up thinking that Jesus threw me away. What was it that you were referring to? You were talking about spiritual trauma that you help other people work through. So what kinds of examples or what does that look like? Owning their their value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We matter. Every single person matters. It doesn't matter where you come from, who you are, or anything about you, you matter. And God loves you right there, right where you are. And that's where we have to start. Yeah. Over all the other things, you have to start there and let God take care of it from there. Nice. That's so true. I love too how all along what you were talking about when you first brought out that calling is different for different people and that when people are waiting for this big, I was born to do this and sometimes they don't feel it and they're feeling like, what's wrong with me? You know, that is the whole purpose too of fierce calling is to know that whether you've been called one day to part the sea or you've been called to take a meal to someone across the street, everything matters to God. And like you say in your messages, because you matter and you matter to God. And that is really amazing how you brought out about because I know you do write a lot about childhood trauma, but the fact that there was something missing, which is different than the trauma that you experience is the trauma of things that you haven't been able to experience. I guess it's within us humanly to need those kind of things, like having that connection or that attention or the love or in certain ways that we are hungering for that. Of course, God puts that in us to hunger for him, but things that are missing in our life and we don't know that they're missing until we can name it, right? Yeah, it's it talks oh, it's talking about emotions and that's mm-hmm. something that I suffered a lot with and then even in the church because mm-hmm. there are a lot of aspects of the church that treat emotions as if they're evil okay. and I suffered that way for a long time and my response to that because I wasn't taught otherwise was to I need to not feel so mm-hmm. I need to shut down my feelings so I don't have any mm-hmm. and that's damaging because God created us with emotions and they're a very important part of us they're, they're a part of who we are And my beginning of coming out of that was actually at the direction of the Spirit of God himself after my mother died and the Lord confronted me. I still remember where I was standing in my house when it happened. 
And, you know, you have just a few of these in your life. But the Lord stopped me and he told me that I needed to deal with a couple of things in my life or I was going to end up being sick and in the same way in which my mother became sick. My mom became sick of pancreatic cancer and she fought. She fought valiantly for 14 months. I just, it was amazing what the Lord took us through in that journey. But um, he showed me part of, I'm not saying this is exactly why she got sick, but one reason she got sick was because she shut down her emotions. Mm-hmm. And I took her on a trip out to Hershey, Pennsylvania, uh, Christmas time, her last Christmas, she was alive. It was a dream of hers. And on that trip, she cried at one point. And another time she laughed so hard, she was crying. And she mm-hmm. confided in me that she had not done either one of those in years. Wow. And uh, the Lord confronted me with, if, if I don't deal with this thing of my emotions and, and stuff, I'm, I'll get sick. It, it, it kills people. Yeah. I have learned that childhood trauma and emotional neglect kills people if it's not dealt with. And that's a big part of my passion. Some of my, a uh, couple of my subscribers have died in the last couple of years. And I know that they have trauma that was not completely resolved. And it saddens me that that could have been part of why. Yes. Like a lightning strike it hitting you, but it's a part of us. Our yeah. emotions are a real big thing. Keeping that in mm-hmm. or being instructed to keep it in, which and isn't biblical. That way. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and the, you, when you think about it, it's like, you know, the Lord has emotions. I mean, the Holy Spirit grieves and Jesus wept. I mean, there are emotions, like you say, they're God-given. And mm-hmm. to try to quell them or keep them in from fear of judgment or being told you can't express it is something that just builds inside and just can cause all kinds of physical manifestations. Called somatizing. <laughs> And again, naming it, you know, that it actually is a thing. And to allow people to hear that they can have the freedom to express that. Thank you for sharing that story about your mom, because that's really precious. It's like pressure building up inside and you just need to open the valve and be able to get that out. And you're helping people to do that, right? You are actually coaching people. Yeah, I'm starting to do that. Yes, I'm starting speaking and coaching this year. And in my new book, Because You Matter, I talk a lot about owning your emotions and that and how to go about doing that, how to take ownership of the different aspects of it. Yeah. Because our emotions, we... I loved how the Lord, he used the word skill. Mm. We need skill to use our emotions. I heard teaching on emotions that like you need to be afraid of them or you need to conquer them like they're a monster that you need to rule Mm. over and like they're this bad thing. It's like, no, you need a skill to use them. God gave them to us on purpose. There's a reason for them. When you feel something, a feeling comes because it wants to move you to action. Mm, so mm-hmm. we need the wisdom of God to have the skill to find out what that's for. What is that emotion telling us? What do we need to do with it? How do we need to respond? Because there is something good in there yeah. and we can find it, look at it like buried treasure, not like something we need to squash like a bug. Yeah. So basically you're saying not basic because it's not a basic thing. It's pretty, you know, it's intense, but you're saying feel your emotions. Don't push them off or try to ignore them or pretend they're not there. That is important. So, you know, it's such a blessing. Your book is amazing and you've written several books that like you just pour your heart into these books that the Lord has given you to write and they are helping and healing so many people because the words are powerful. Even someone listening right now 
who is struggling, they may not even know why, but some of these things right. that you've brought up could maybe have them step out and try to seek help to be able to get that peace that surpasses all understanding right. from God. So that is amazing. So how did you discover what your spiritual gifts are? How did you use those in what you're doing today? In my early walk with the Lord, after I came back to the Lord, in the church that I went to, the second one I went to, I've been to a lot of different churches. In <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the churches I went to, I was there a long time. They did a lot of study on the spiritual gifts. And in my woundedness, before I validated that I was traumatized, because I invalidated that for years and years, my hunger for the freedom that I wanted drove me to read. And I would take personality test after personality test because I was trying to find out who I was Mm -hmm. But I kept tripping over, you know, I'm not supposed to feel this and that. So I didn't really get anywhere, but I was constantly studying that. And I would learn little things here and there. And the Lord helped me grow in spite of myself. Mm -hmm. And I took test after test after test. And I looked into it and really got very immersed in a lot of religiousness and became a Pharisee. And thank God he pulled me out of that too, because he knew it was in my zeal. I was desperate to be whole. And it's like I was like a little kid running into a wall just trying to find how do I get out of this? I don't even know what this is. So, and his grace is just so amazing for that. But in the last few years, probably since I, I wrote my started writing my books, I focus less on the terminology and the labeling of spiritual gifts and things like that. And I don't want to get caught up in that because it trips me up and I believe it trips some people up. Some people probably feed on it. And it's really good for them, mm -hmm. but spiritual gifts it, the Lord can, he can put anything through us at any time we need it. He's the source of them. And so mm -hmm. if he needs this to flow through us, if I make myself available to him and this person in front of me needs something that I've never even walked in before, you know, but he knows I'm open and he can deliver that anyways. And I want to be open to that. So yeah, I, I do. I operate a lot in the area of mercy, but then I have to cut back on that because sometimes I don't have good boundaries because of that. Okay. Yeah, we do have to have boundaries. So I love that you said that because it is true. We can use these as tools because they're just tools, you know, and resources that we can use. But it is a caution not to have it pigeonhole us into one particular field or one particular place of service, because like you said, we can be called and equipped and empowered to do whatever God's calling us to do. And it can be outside of what we feel is our gifting, right? Uh -huh. So like Moses woke up one morning and didn't think he was going to part the sea. You know, that wasn't <laughs> part of what he had planned for that day, but uh -huh. God allowed that to happen through him. So yeah, definitely take those words seriously because it is true. We don't want to just say, well, we can't do that because it's not my gift. Because I have been guilty of saying that sometimes. It's like, it's not my gift. But it's like, I know that I can do certain things with Christ helping me to do it. And it may be out of the wheelhouse, but it doesn't mean that I cannot do all things through Christ because I can do all things through Christ. And so can you and so can everyone else that's listening. So, but I love how you say that God helped you grow in spite of yourself <laughs> because that that is really true and i love that phrase because in spite of ourselves 
we still have purpose and he can still use us no matter. And like you say, you know, talking about the past, when we have a past, sometimes it causes us to feel like we can't be used because of what things we've done or places we've been or our experiences, whether they've been something we've done or something done to us. And it can really stop people in their tracks when God wants them and are calling them to move forward. And so your ministry is a beautiful picture of working through all of the things and then moving forward to uh-huh. see how God can use those things for good, for his glory and for your good. <laughs> oh, thank you. Really I just uh, finished. I'm redoing my website. When I started, I had the tagline I got from my first book, uh, Emerging with Wings, A True Story of Lies and Pain and the Love That Heals. I had it mm-hmm. connecting people to the love that heals. Mm-hmm. wanting to connect people to that love. And I was so new and green. I'd never made a website before, but now I'm learning more and I'm revamping it. I'm in the middle of that, but I just got a new tagline for my website with a different way of saying that same thing. I still have the same message, but I'm changing it from you know connecting people to the love that heals what says what I do mm-hmm. to saying what the person who comes to my website will get. And so it's change to love yourself from survive to thrive because love really is the core message love is how i do everything and love is the answer to everything and some Mm -hmm. may think that's very trite but it really is the truth and so i've learned what i will what soapbox i will stand on and i will stand (laughs) on the one of love and also about self love yourself i made your and self two separate words because Mm -hmm. self is something that i suffered being attacked a great deal especially in the church. And I stumbled over the scriptures that talk about dying to self and how they were taught to me and just my own inner brokenness of self-attacking that uh, the self needed to be annihilated. But it's like, I always stumbled over that. It's like, well, if I need to kill this thing, then why did Jesus die for me? If I'm, and I, it confused me. <laughs> like our self is who makes the decision to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. So our self is a very important aspect of who we are. And so love and self are my two big soapboxes. <laughs> but like you said, to bring people out and in is to bring them out of surviving and into thriving because surviving is important, you know, because Things in life try to destroy us and surviving is good, but thriving is better. Powerful words. And I love how your tagline is moving toward how someone can find what they need. Mm -hmm. What they need to do to love themselves from survive to thrive that they can get from survive to thrive and do it through the power of love. Yeah. By loving that self in them that God gave them and bringing it to him and saying, what do I do with this self thing you gave me? The self is, that's where the soul is at. You know, he said our soul is precious. He came to save souls. So Mm -hmm. our self is our soul. We are valuable to God. And when we're talking about hurts in the church and things like that, and, you know, judgment and that kind of thing, it's standing on who we really are in Christ and to move forward because we are the church. We are all the church. And so when we run into things like legalism and judgment and those kind of things, it can, like you say, really damage a person. So having that firm foundation is so 
critical and crucial to our walk with Christ. So you are getting that message out. And how can people connect with you, Danielle? And tell us a little bit more about your books. Oh, well, my first book I had mentioned, The Emerging with Wings, that is my flagship kind of book is how I start to look at it now. Because um, I didn't know that I would become what I've become when I wrote that book. And I only knew half of that book when I sat down to write it. The other half I learned in counseling while I was writing the book. It's my story of becoming free from childhood trauma and finding my value. And my second book I have is only available on Kindle. And it's in process of being published as an audio book. I have it submitted at Findaway Voices. I'm waiting for it to be out there, but it's called A Bird Named Pain. And it's a short story. It's an allegory dealing, again, with emotions, the complex emotions of someone who is a caregiver or has a loved one who is suffering from Alzheimer's. And that's how I owned and processed my complex feelings because I really had a hard time. My mother-in-law suffered from Alzheimer's and passed from that. And so that book is a little honorary thing to her as well as a gift that the Lord gave me because he gave me that story in a moment I sat down and just it came out beautiful and then my most recent one because you matter how to take ownership of your life so you can really live is also a gift the title the spirit of grace spoke that to my heart one day and I wrote it on a sticky note when I got home and and it was uh, a while after that before it started to unfold of what it all was, but to empower people to take ownership of their life, take ownership of their self, take ownership. It's theirs. God has given us free will. It's, mm-hmm. He gave us Jesus, but he also, he gave us the free gift to choose that or not. Of course, he wants us to choose Jesus, but it is our free choice to do that. And I really hone in on that in this book. It, you know, you need to own your choice. It's yours and make it yours. Make your choices yours because you matter. You tell the stories of different people in Because You Matter. So, yes, I interviewed 10 different people. That was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it is fun. It is fun to talk with people and hear their stories and just learn from what they've experienced because there's such a connectedness in our stories. They may all be different, but there's such a way that we can connect with people through our stories and through the love of Christ. And so you've really done a wonderful job with getting these books into the hands of people who really need it. And I'm just so blessed to see all the ways that it's helping people move forward in their life and making a difference too. But God did say he wants us to live uh, life and abundantly. Yeah. So that's a precious message. So how can they connect with you? Oh, my website is my name, DanielleBurnock.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Twitter, but my primary ones are Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest. Okay. (laughs) Love that Pinterest. On my website, I have a newsletter that I send out once a week and communicate in addition to that from time to time. And I, I love my readers and I love to connect with people that way because I really care about them. Great. Well, I think that just hearing your words today, the message that you bring is going to inspire a lot of people that hear it. And I'm sure they will be interested in connecting with you and hearing more and reading what you write, you know, when you post your blog posts and, you know, 
articles because you also write on Medium as well. And so they can follow you all those different places and see what you have to say and what the Lord is using you to continue to do in this walk and this fierce calling that you have. And yeah, I'll put your links in the episode notes so people can click on there and find where you are. Thank you. So, thank you. I appreciate you coming on today. It's been a nice chat and I am always blessed by you and your sweet spirit. And I just love your passion for love, life, and for people. Thank you. It was a joy to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. Great friend. And we'll talk soon. I hope Danielle's story encouraged you in the truth that you matter and God loves you unconditionally. Danielle has a passion for helping others realize their worth and become wholehearted thrivers making a difference in the world. On her website, daniellebernock.com, we find this quote, trauma is personal. It does not disappear if it is not validated. When it is ignored or invalidated, the silent screams continue internally, heard only by the one held captive. When someone enters the pain and hears the screams, healing can begin. That's a powerful and impactful quote by Danielle herself. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Danielle's message is about love because love wins. Join me next week when I invite another woman to share her story of how she is taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That's Numbers 6, 24 through 26. Have a blessed week and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.